It's Friday, June 21st. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the international world is on edge over Iran. President Trump called for airstrikes, then called them off. We'll get into why war seemed like an option for a hot sec and what this means for everyone else. Then, dozens of police officers have been put on desk duty for their social media posts. We'll give you the details. And finally, it's Take Your Dog to Work Day. We're here to make your Friday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about, what else? The U.S. and Iran. The tension has been ratcheting up for weeks. And last night, it almost escalated into actual military intervention on the part of the U.S., There's only a few places reporting on the details of this close call, but we're going to give you the general lay of the land. First, what happened here? Second, why you may be hearing the names John Bolton and Mike Pompeo a lot. And third, how the world is responding in real time to today's news. Okay, so we've talked about this before. The situation between the U.S. and Iran is not good. Most recently, the U.S. blamed Iran for attacks on two oil tankers in the strategically important Gulf of Oman. A fifth of the world's oil passes through there. Iran said, it wasn't us. Then, yesterday morning, Iran struck down an unmanned U.S. drone. No one was on board, but this time Iran said, yeah, we did it. But they said the drone was in Iranian airspace. The U.S. says, not true. President Trump was asked about it yesterday. Iran made a big mistake. Uh, This drone was in international waters. Clearly, we have it all documented. It's documented scientifically, not just words. And they made a very bad mistake. Okay? You'll find out. What we learned this morning was that just a few hours later, the response was supposed to be U.S. military strikes on Iran. The Trump administration reportedly planned to target Iran's missile batteries and radars. Last night, U.S. ships and planes were reportedly in position, ready for the go-ahead. But then, the strike was called off. President Trump confirmed this in a series of tweets this morning. He said that drone strikes were planned at three locations in Iran, but that he was told that 150 people could be killed. Trump said he felt that was, quote, not proportionate to shooting down an unmanned drone. So he called off the strikes, he says, with 10 minutes to spare. Not to be outdone, Iran said today they could have shot down a U.S. surveillance plane, one that actually had people on it, instead of the drone, but that they chose not to. So both sides are flexing their muscles and talking about their restraint. But how did we get to this brink-of-war point to begin with? President Trump has issued strikes against other countries before. He's done it twice already in Syria, in response to reported chemical attacks by Syria's president on its citizens. But President Trump campaigned on an isolationist platform, and he said he would pull troops out of foreign wars. Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria. At the State of the Union this year, he vowed to bring more troops home. As a candidate for president, I loudly pledged a new approach. Great nations do not fight endless wars. But President Trump has hired people who are largely considered war hawks, 
meaning they're more up for U.S. military intervention overseas. That list includes two names to know. The first is National Security Advisor John Bolton. He was the U.N. ambassador under President George W. Bush. Bolton's pretty famous for being anti-Iran. He wrote an op-ed while the U.S. was negotiating the Iran nuclear deal, saying that the U.S. should scrap the talks and instead bomb Iran. His argument was that the deal wouldn't go far enough and that the U.S. should do everything to keep Iran from getting nukes, to stop a full-on arms race in the Middle East. That was in 2015. Now, Bolton's one of Trump's top advisors. He was a big advocate for pulling the U.S. out of that Iran nuclear deal, which has now led to Iran threatening to pull out too. And that could happen any day now. The other name you'll probably hear about is U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. He's been the global face of the Trump administration's Iran policy, meeting with European officials who've been skittish about war breaking out in the Middle East. While Pompeo said he'd prefer a diplomatic approach to Iran, he's also said the administration is considering a wide range of options. Everything is on the table. They kind of made that clear last night. Bolton and Pompeo have been the loudest voices on this matter. If you're wondering why we're not hearing a lot from the Secretary of Defense, it's because right now there isn't one. Patrick Shanahan is the acting secretary, but this week he dropped out of the nomination process to nail down the job. And there's no permanent replacement yet. So great timing. And technically, there is no diplomatic relationship between the U.S. and Iran. No embassies, no ambassadors. The go-between is Switzerland. Iran actually called the Swiss ambassador to Tehran this morning to figure out what to do. He's being, well, Switzerland. So what's the scam? Like we said, this is just the latest drama going down between the U.S. and Iran. But everyone watching it is holding their breath. After a meeting of EU leaders this morning, the president of the European Council, Donald Tusk, said they are closely watching Iran and the U.S., but that sometimes it's better not to intervene. The EU is urging both sides to show restraint. Meanwhile, the FAA isn't taking chances. It's telling all U.S. planes to stop flying over Iranian airspace in the Gulf of Oman, which is right next to Iran, and ground zero for all of this drama. British Airways, Emirates, and Qantas have also rerouted their planes. And here in the U.S., politicians are responding too. Members of Congress on both sides of the aisle said they were glad that President Trump decided not to launch the strikes. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she wasn't even told about the strike plan in the first place. Some Democrats are also criticizing Trump for not having a clear strategy on Iran and for letting advisors like John Bolton potentially lead him in the direction of war. Most people know by now, don't post anything on social media that you don't want your boss to see, especially if it directly violates company policy. But dozens of Philadelphia police officers apparently didn't get the memo, and now their jobs are on the line. 72 officers there were put on desk duty over Facebook messages and other public posts that were racist, Islamophobic, and misogynistic. The police commissioner says it's the single largest removal of officers from the street in decades. And the problem isn't just in Philly. So what's going on here? 
Earlier this month, an advocacy group published a database that included public social posts and comments by thousands of current and former police officers across the country. For the officers, it was pretty damning. The posts included messages like, it's a good day for a chokehold, and death to Islam. Yeah, really bad. Like we said, these messages and comments were made by thousands of police officers, the ones in Philadelphia, but also officers in Dallas, St. Louis, Phoenix, and four other jurisdictions. This all comes as there's been a harsh spotlight in recent years on the relationship between police officers and the communities they serve, and on overly aggressive and biased police tactics. There have even been federal investigations into racial bias in precincts, especially connected to police killings. Now, there's this. In St. Louis, some officers are under investigation for the post. Some are on administrative duty. And some have reportedly been banned from presenting evidence in court. But in Philadelphia, like we said, the fallout has been huge. Thousands of posts have been linked to more than 300 officers. But not everyone says those officers need to go. The investigation is still ongoing. The police department hired a law firm to look into the posts and whether any of them are covered by the First Amendment, a.k.a. free speech. Still, Philadelphia's police commissioner says this is against department policy, and there's no question that these posts hurt their reputation and credibility with the public. He expects some officers to be fired, and he says the department is going to do more anti-bias training. Probably a good idea. It's Take Your Dog to Work Day. At Skim HQ, that means pictures of our dogs, and some cats, hung up in the kitchen. At Amazon HQ in Seattle, on the other hand, it could mean as many as 7,000 dogs. Yeah, that's a dog-to-person ratio of one to seven. But at Amazon, Take Your Dog to Work Day isn't even really a holiday. It's kind of ingrained in company culture. There's even doggy play areas. There might be a reason Amazon is so dog-positive. Tons of studies show that having pets in the workplace can be linked to lower absenteeism and turnover, which is something Amazon has reportedly been struggling with. Here's one of the employees at Amazon's Seattle office in an interview with local news station WTHR. You know what? It's a huge piece of the happy factor. So um, being able to just come back from a meeting that's been, you know, tough meeting, coming back and giving her a big, huge hug is like... And it's the best part of the work. Before we go, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Pokemon Go. Remember a few years ago, you couldn't leave your house without running into packs of people holding up their phones on the hunt for rare Pokemon. Well, get ready for Deja Vu. The creators of Pokemon Go are back with a new game that's Harry Potter-themed. It's called Wizards Unite. Here's how it works. Players are recruited to the Statute of Secrecy Task Force, and their job is to search for magical artifacts and creatures after they've been scattered all over the world, in augmented reality. They have to do all that while keeping the wizarding world secret from muggles, in the game. If you want to try your hand at casting spells, it's available now on Google Play and the Apple App Store. And presto, you're a wizard, skimmer. And that's all for Skim This. 
Thank you so much for listening this week. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We'd love for you to share the show with your friends and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of news happens over the weekend. So if you want to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. 